I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. A recent bank rate survey found that more than 43% of Americans say the current political environment in Washington is the biggest threat to the U.S. economy over the next six months. Okay, but what does that mean for you and your bank account? Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Gaines. It will expand your brain. When I got out of college, 
I did not really care what went on in Washington and the government. It just sort of all happened behind the scenes of my life, and I really didn't pay any attention to it. But now I care, because now I see how policies and politics and government decisions, they actually have an impact, good or bad, on my bank account. And yet, I find it's still so hard to decipher what's good, what's not good. We watch the news, we get the highlights, we get these little sound bites, maybe on Twitter or on social media. But I mean, it doesn't really come to life until you're staring at your bank account and you're saying, why don't I have all the money that I should? Or why am I paying more for my health insurance? Or why am I paying less for my health insurance? Or how is the rise in interest rates affecting me? So I went straight to Mark Hamrick, Bankrate's senior economic analyst, to ask him how the political environment will impact you and me and what we need to do to just be prepared. So I wanted to start out, there was a recent Bankrate survey that found that more than four in 10 Americans say the political environment in D.C. is the biggest threat to the U.S. economy, particularly over the next six months, which I found really interesting. I'd love to know from you, what what is causing this and why is it maybe so alarming? Sure. Um, well, it's a complicated answer, I think, but some of it we can uh, I would say, almost feel intuitively. And so what I mean by that is we know that we are living in tumultuous times. We know that we exist within a very uh, bifurcated or tribal environment when it comes to the politics in this country. And it's not just a couple of tribes, uh, dare I say, to, to the extent that you might break it down, Democrat versus Republican. There are tribes within the Democratic Party where you might uh, see those interests represented by a centrist who now happens to be the front runner for the nomination, even though he hasn't yet announced Joe Biden, the former vice president, or someone who is younger and more progressive, uh, such as perhaps a Kamala Harris, who's obviously senator from uh, the state where you reside. So that's just the Democratic Party, right? And then you have the Republicans who are the traditional Republicans, uh, like those uh, exemplified by late President uh, George H.W. Bush, and then those who may have just sort of wandered in the Republican Party, like the president of the United States uh, <laughs> at the moment. So, uh, And then you have people who don't fit any of those labels, right? And And so there does seem to be this sort of mantra that has to do with all too often people basically identifying an issue or a cause and saying, well, I know that this is sort of what our team is feeling, and therefore I can only be part of that team, and I'm dead set against anything else that's out there. So I think that that sort of is the um, foundation for some of this uh, concern. But the other part is that, I mean, you know, just if you look at what's going on with the administration alone, no matter, again, which tribe you're in, you know, these are tumultuous times. There's a lot going on that involves U.S.-China trade that affects our finances. There's the interest rate question. And then there are long-term issues, perhaps uh, of more interest to your audience or perhaps uh, have more uh, long-lasting relevance, uh, such as the debt and the deficit, climate change that the administration, at least in the form of the president, doesn't want to acknowledge. Uh, and all those are obviously incredibly important. And in between, you have immigration uh, tax issues and income inequality, student debt, you know, we could probably spend hours just talking about the latter. So uh, we've got plenty to choose from in that buffet of uh, topics that uh, 
set us ill at ease. And so, uh, you know, you can pick from a few or, you know, or all of them. And uh, from that point on, I think that's where you sort of get this uh, feeling of unease that helps to generate the lack of confidence in Washington, which, by the way, you know, if you look at the Congress over the past couple of years, yes, you know, they've basically been getting the budget uh, completed. Uh, we haven't had a government shutdown as we speak for a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the major so-called achievement of the Congress was the tax legislation. But um, there are a lot of longer term problems that have gone unanswered, such as health care, such as uh, the college funding and affordability issue, uh, immigration, uh, debt and deficits. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't I, I'm not a millennial, but uh, I, I can uh, feel uh, a great deal of concern about the lack of ability on the part of our elected leaders in Washington on both sides of the aisle to resolve those issues and come up with meaningful solutions. And those affect our personal financial lives. For sure. You know, I, I get a lot of listeners who write in and they just say, Shano, what what am I supposed to do? I'm making a good income, but I still feel like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Just everything's getting more expensive. I've got student loan debt. And it's I feel for for everybody because I know that there are tugs on people's wallets, especially young people that uh, I didn't feel when I was in my early 20s that a lot of them are feeling now. But I'd love to take two hot button issues that I hear a lot. Of course, uh, student loans. H- how does the economy and what's happening in the political environment. How do you see that affecting student loans? And then also another hot button issue that not a lot of millennials understand how it impacts them, but the rising interest rates. Yeah, two great questions. Uh, So uh, let's go first to the uh, student loan issue. And let's first of all, uh, understand how we sort of got to where we are today. And so, Shauna, you know, I'm of a certain age where when I attended a state university four decades ago, uh, that was essentially free. You know, it was Mm, my tuition per semester was seven hundred dollars. And what (laughs) I needed was getting just sort of everything else paid for, which I partly paid for uh, by working. Uh, that is to say, that was a completely different time. And the political environment since then, speaking of the political environment, has since generated a situation where the bulk of the responsibility for paying for secondary education has been abdicated by state government, meaning they have stopped paying the majority of those costs, states across the country for the most part. And uh, and that has fallen individuals. And so how do individuals make up the difference? In many cases, they take out student loans. Now, there are completely separate questions about let's say the wisdom of, in some cases, what I might say is overpaying for secondary education. And and in other words, in some cases, I don't think it provides the value that is perceived uh, or or there are less expensive options. Uh, For example, in the state of California, I have relatives who are attending um, community colleges uh, and, you know, making that a pathway to a four year school, uh, helping to reduce those costs. And then there are other the other part of it is and this is never to disparage education in general, because I think we all myself included uh, would benefit by being smarter or better trained. Uh, but, you know, paying two hundred thousand dollars plus, particularly if, if the bulk of that is financed through loans, may not always be the best solution. But having said that, 
so there's the political pressure part of all that, which is why I mentioned it. I would say that in all too often state lawmakers have been allowed to foist those costs onto uh, residents in the, in the sense that they have to pay those tuitions and fees. So that's one part. Uh, and then the other part is, uh, you know, for future uh, elected leaders, will they sort of step up to the plate and try to come up with some solutions to this? And the other part is innovation in the economy and in, in enterprises. Uh, will there be uh, better models for this in the future? Meaning, uh, you know, will will there be solutions for education that are less costly? Uh, or does the model break? Because, you know, if you think about if one were uh, particularly young, let's say younger than uh, a young teenager these days, and you think about, well, what are the prospects for their children to be able to afford education in the future? I have to say that that is not a sustainable situation the way it's unfolding. So obviously a lot going on there, but but that's number one. Uh, do you want to just talk about that a little bit more before we go into the interest rate part? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I think that it, it's really interesting and, and there's a lot of people super frustrated and don't understand why something is not happening. Obviously, we came out with a public student loan forgiveness program, uh, but there's still not a clear path or solution for people who are sitting there staring at what appears to them to be a massive amount of debt. Is it just that in in Washington, everything is so divided that nothing can actually get pushed through and happen? Well, clearly right now, with the way the House of Representatives is uh, going to be dominated by Democrats and Republicans in the Senate, and obviously uh, for the foreseeable future, a Republican in the White House, uh, there are uh, a lot of uh, divides there, but I would also say that a legitimate question is to be raised about campaign financing and all the money that washes around in the political system. And the question can be raised, does that ultimately serve the best interests of the citizenry? And my answer to that would be clearly not. That's my personal answer. And so uh, House Speaker to be Pelosi has said that she would like to uh, try to work on campaign finance reform. That's been a topic that has evolved for decades, and it actually brought us to the situation we're in now. <laughs> so uh, we hope that maybe future solutions actually get closer to resolution and improvement as opposed to making it worse. And also a Supreme Court decision, I might add, uh, uh, muddied that topic. Um, so uh, th there's a lot going on. But, you know, Voters do have the ability to send people to office of their own choosing. And so if we see some sort of wave in the future that might be informed by the views of young people who basically are saying we can't take this any longer, uh, then that would be a potential path toward some kind of resolution of a big problem. And what advice would you have to somebody if if they're looking at their student loan debt right now and they're feeling the pinch and the pressure and they're unsure of if anything's going to change? Do you have any advice for them? Well, let me give you two answers to that. And, and one is an answer to a question that you didn't ask, but I sort of uh, referred to in my earlier comment. And that is for people who are considering paying for tuition or attending schools in the future, please do consider trying to spend within your means, not only for the near term, but uh, the long term, because, you know, to sort of take a loan and then say, I'll figure it out later is a less than optimal 
uh, plan, for lack of a better way of putting it. Yes. Uh, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people have basically done that. And for some people, it's worked out okay. For a lot of people, it hasn't. And for those that are in between, there have been a lot of unfortunate, unintended consequences that include things like basically delaying uh, decisions uh, or uh, opportunities on things like buying a house or getting married or other things like that. For those who currently have these loans, um, you know, you can look into uh, refinancing options if, and I would suggest uh, either working with a financial professional just to examine that, to take a consultation or to meet with a banker to see if that's something you could do. Uh, but the other part of that is, uh, you know, I just was in an Uber uh, within the last week. And, you know, I'm being a journalist and inquisitive. I always ask people sort of why they're doing that and what, you know, how's it going? And the same would be true of a traditional ta taxi driver when I'm talking to them. And there was one young man who said, you know, I'm only doing this to pay off my student loans and and it's working. So that's not my way of saying everybody should be an Uber driver. But, <laughs> uh, but, it, but, but it is my way of saying that uh, there are solutions that include making sure you have a budget. Do you, I'm not, not, I'm not asking you this question, Shauna, but to the listener, do you have a budget? Uh, are you looking at areas where you can sacrifice some spending and channel that toward a more aggressive paying down of the debt? And yes, you know, for some people, it might be working more than one job, but particularly if, uh, you know, we're talking about a, an array of um, part-time gigs. Uh, and uh, so there are, there are those sort of the restructuring of debt options out there. Uh, which are more complicated and probably do inevitably, as I say, involve asking for some advice or help. And then the other part is uh, managing your own finances well and within that context, trying to boost your income. And that might also involve trying to find a better paying job. Those are all great options. And I think human nature, we don't necessarily want to do something out of the ordinary, but that's a lot of times what it takes in order to rapidly pay off their student loans. And you're you're so right. Um, I teach at a university here in Los Angeles. And one of the questions I posed to my students who are looking at going to grad school was, how are you deciding which grad school you're going to choose? And a lot of them, unfortunately, had the answer of, well, I know I'm going to have to take out X amount of dollars, but I'll just worry about it on the back end. And um, my word of caution is that's a dangerous approach because you don't know the back end. And does that particular school actually give you value over another school for the type of degree you're looking at? So I think that is just great advice. Well, and they also didn't intend it this way, but, you know, to say you'll worry about it in the back end will ultimately get you in the back end. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so that, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's not a plan. That's a strategy that uh, is less than optimal. Um, and the other part about this, Shauna, is um, I fully understand why for some people uh, who are listening that uh, moving from one location to another uh, may be difficult, if not impossible. But for some people, uh, that mobility can be a path toward better financial success, whether it is finding another location for an educational institution or finding another location where the job market is better. Uh, there is, in my mind, no doubt that there is a segment of the population which is so economically um, uh, 
struggling that moving is almost impossible for them. And I, so, you know, we're, we're hoping that that situation improves for them. But for others, if you're in an area of the country where the job market isn't doing fantastically as well as some others, uh, I really would look strongly at moving, particularly for young people. I know I did that when I moved from my native Kansas and then moved two or three times after that. I've been in Washington for a long time now. But, uh, you know, I made sacrifices so that I could improve my employment because what I wanted to do wasn't an option in the small town in Kansas. Yeah, that is that is great advice. So what about going into the interest rate because there are a lot of listeners who have written in questions about, you know, they're noticing that perhaps their credit card interest rate is going up. They're concerned about what that means if they want to buy a house in the new year. What should millennials know about the rising interest rates? Hold on to your seat. We'll be right back with the rest of the interview with Mark after I answer a quick Ask Shauna question. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, 
ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. I wanted to share another success story, and this one comes from David in hopes that it inspires you that you can also reach your goals. Hi, Shauna. Me and my partner love the show. Thanks for always bringing us different topics and different takes on topics. Just when I feel like I know something, you bring me a twist or a different idea. I honestly never thought I would love turning into a podcast about money, but it's now my go-to. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you. My partner and I had a whopping good year, and we wanted to share We started out 2018 with the goal of paying cash for our wedding and honeymoon, paying off $10,000 in student loan debt, and starting our home savings account. Lofty, I know. We make $80,000-ish each, and of course we spend too much on eating out and going to concerts just like everybody else listening to this. I'm happy to say we planned out a modest wedding, and it cost us $7,500 and was really awesome. We had a gourmet food truck, an outside wedding at a friend's house, and everyone says it was their favorite wedding yet. We also paid cash for our honeymoon in Europe and used all your tricks to save money on airfare, used credit card points for our hotel, and had an amazing time. We also just paid off $11,000 in student loans, and I'm happy to say we have $3,000 in our home savings account. How did we do it? We put our heads down and we tracked our spending and had mandatory weekly money happy hour dates, which were actually fun. We never bought anything over $75 without waiting 24 hours first and checking in with each other, and also inspired our friends to set goals and showed them how we did it. I feel like we can do anything now, and we're upping our goals for 2019. 
Thank you again for being our friend. Even if we don't know you personally, we feel like we do. Please keep inspiring us because it actually works. Wow, David, thank you so much for sharing that. That's just so awesome. And I just want you to sit in the fact that you more than outdid those goals that you thought were so incredibly lofty. Why were you able to do this? Well, it has very little to do with me and all to do with you. You created a roadmap and you just inched there each day and the progress was your motivator. And I hope if you're listening to David's story that it doesn't scare you or freak you out or that you're not comparing it to your own year. Maybe you had a tough year. Maybe things weren't as smooth sailing. Maybe you didn't hit your goals, but who cares? Throw it out. We're getting ready for a new year and this is a great time to motivate yourself again and to begin to take little small steps. I want you to think big for 2019 and I I just don't want you to let your bank account balance stop you. It's what I'm doing for 2019, so I am following my own medicine for you and I'm setting some goals that make me scared, that make me nervous, um, that I just don't know I can achieve, but I know that if we do it together and that if we each take steps inch by inch, we can actually do it. So you may not be able to afford the yacht in the south of France. If you do, you better invite me because <laughs> I definitely want to be on that yacht. But you'd be surprised what you can achieve when you actually set your mind to it. Welcome back. I know you're getting a lot out of this episode, so don't forget to share it across social platforms. We would love to know what you think of this episode. So, okay, let's get back into it. Yes, and as you know, Shauna, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, we remain in a rising interest rate environment. We could be at a point where that's beginning to shift. We don't know that for sure. That's been one thing that, as we speak, has been buffeting financial markets recently as investors and everybody else tries to figure out whether, for example, the Federal Reserve, which sets benchmark rates in our economy, whether it will continue to raise rates for the foreseeable future or perhaps only as we speak a, a couple of weeks from now. Uh, but uh, what we know for sure is that over the past three years, we have been in a rising interest rate environment as we've gotten farther away from the financial crisis and great recession that began a decade ago. And so when the Fed raises rates, the Federal Reserve here in Washington with uh, its leader, Chairman uh, Jerome Powell, uh, that automatically uh, moves things like credit card rates, home equity lines of credit, personal loans, very often auto loans, as well as adjustable rate mortgages. The bond market, which, uh, you know, this can cause some people's eyes to gloss over if we talk <laughs> about it too long, but this is really one of the keys to understanding how markets and financial success uh, work, and that is uh, the bond market also helps us uh, set interest rates, and primarily, uh, for at least the bulk of your audience probably, uh, having to do with uh, fixed rate mortgages, such as uh, the favorite uh, 30-year fixed and the 15-year fixed. And so uh, let's just say for now, the cost of borrowing is slated to go higher. You know, Shauna, the average for uh, the best qualified credit card user out there, the average rate for those credit cards as the Fed has raised rates has gone from 15 to 17 percent. And if the Fed were to raise another half percent or one full percent over the next year, then that rate would go to 18 and above. But again, that's for the best 
people with uh, their credit ratings uh, being ideal. The sort of everybody else pays even more than that. And you start getting into the 20 percent range. And the same goes for auto loans. Well-qualified uh, borrowers for auto loans, new and used, might pay as low as three, four, five percent. But, uh, you know, when I go to a dealer and sort of ask them what's going on in there, they'll tell me, oh, there are people paying, you know, double digit percentage rates on car purchases. And and then my first question in my mind, which I don't ask, because then they'll ask me to leave, is why is that person <laughs> buying a new car? Right. I mean, exactly. Say, uh, and, and the answer sometimes is because you want to drive for Uber to bring it back around. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the, but the, there is one opportunity, for example, that occurs within this rising interest rate environment. And that ultimately is one of my most important uh, bits of advice for anybody listening out there, and that is to work to save more money. Because, Sean, over the years at Bankrate, uh, we do surveys all the time as we began talking about a survey here. And, and one of those is asking people their number one financial regrets or what their number one financial regret is. And uh, time and time again, it comes up as basically the failure to save for retirement and for emergencies. And so in a rising interest rate environment, savers get more money. And one of the things that is uh, absolutely demonstrated across the board at our site, bankrate.com, is not only for borrowing, but particularly for savings, it pays to shop around. So, you know, you might look right now at a CD that uh, a one year CD where the average yield on that is uh, a miserly, uh, you know, let's say th three quarters of one percent. But you can easily double that rate one and a half percent or above just by shopping around. And so uh, that's the benefit of a rising interest rate environment. And I've tended to say that uh, savers were the forgotten casualties of the low interest rate strategy that the Federal Reserve embarked upon properly to try to respond to the crisis. Uh, so uh, once again, savers will be rewarded. And uh, we want all of your listeners here uh, each and every one to not be among that group in the future that says, you know what, as I look back on things, I should have saved more money. Yes, I always tell people nobody nobody has passed away that I know of that says, darn it, I had too much money saved. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I say almost exactly the same thing. So we're probably both in trouble there. But uh, no, it's absolutely the case that I, you know, I say, you know, I don't know of anybody on their deathbed that said, you know what, I made the mistake of saving uh, too much money. Although there might be somebody out there that could be classified as a hoarder, but they're going to be the exception and uh, not the rule. That is very true. Well, Mark, we have talked about so much today. Just to wrap things up, I'd love to know if there's a particular a tip or advice that you would give for the listener, what should they be thinking about in terms of this crazy political economic environment? What should they be aware of the end of the year going into the new year? Maybe it's even just an economic indicator to follow or something to be aware of that directly impacts their money. Sure. Well, I mean, I would absolutely watch financial markets and you can do that for free, uh, you know, you know, whether you go to the Internet or watch on your uh, smart device just to see, you know, if the stock market continues to head lower, that's a, an indicator uh, over the long term that perhaps we're headed into a more rocky environment. For those of us that are economic analysts, there are other things that we're watching closely, such as the slowing in the housing market. Business sentiment continues to be high. So does consumer sentiment and consumer spending 
has been hanging in there uh, very much as well as we're sort of in the midst of the holiday season here. But if we see uh, sentiment on either the part of business or consumers or consumer spending weaken, that probably tells us that we're uh, heading down a rocky road. A couple of other things have to do with the job market. Uh, overall, the unemployment rate still below 4%. It's been below 4% for a year and a half. If that starts to head up above 4 uh, that suggests that some significant slowing is occurring as well as the number of jobs that are added on a monthly basis, and that is average. 211,000 over the last year. Our just published economic survey, which you can read about at bankrate.com, a quarterly uh, economic survey of 24 economists, uh, they say the downside risks with the economy are growing over the next 12 to 18 months. It doesn't mean that we're absolutely going to be in trouble, but these are sort of the yellow flashing lights. Um, and so uh, ultimately, just to get back to our actionable information part, Sean, uh, basically two things. If there is trouble on the horizon for the economy in the future, maybe three, uh, go ahead and work on that savings goal to try to save more money. Uh, I would say, you know, watch your budgeting. And for those who are employed and uh, sort of for whom, and this is most of us, our incomes through employment are a major uh, means of uh, essentially, you know, making a living, in other words, our employment, uh, make sure that that network of contacts that you have is live at the moment. In other words, the worst time to start looking for work and to reach out to all those people is when it's a crisis, because you sort of want to maintain those professional contacts all through your professional life. Uh, they can be mentors. They can be facilitators to help introduce you to other people. And uh, and it'll just also add to your confidence. So, uh, you know, it's not a question of being needy or asking for too much help. It's it's basically maintaining professional contacts on an ongoing basis. Mark, this has been fantastic. Such great information and tips. If you could tell the listeners where they could go to check out Bankrate and maybe some of the features that they would find on Bankrate. Oh, sure. Well, we're a free site. We've been around for uh, the better part of 50 years. And it's, so the site is bankrate.com. We're on Instagram and uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook and all those places, which can help point you to content on there. And uh, we just have free advice uh, on the, on the homepage of the site as well as pathways toward finding out uh, the ways to apply for credit cards, the different card rates that are out there for mortgages, for CD rates, savings accounts, money market accounts, checking accounts, bank ratings, uh, loans, investing, home equity, personal finance. And again, it's free. Uh, and you know we sort of uh, abide by a rule that our main goal is to provide people with trusted information. And that's why we've been around for so long. And then they want to follow me where I'm providing these links as well. I'm on Twitter at Hamrick Isms, H-A-M-R-I-C-K-I-S-M-S. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all the usual places as well. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora. 